Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 27 is entitled The War on Earth, Part 2. Christ is God. His power is immense, but he always limited himself to the faith of the believers, as James said. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? James 2, 14-20 Those who teach that we can be saved regardless of our works would do well to heed the words of James. If free will and agency mean nothing, if works don't matter, if there is no sin, then why did Christ go to all that trouble? Why the Sermon on the Mount? Why the four Gospels? Why the teachings of all the apostles and prophets? Where my salvation is concerned, I would put my bed on the white horse spoken of by John the Revelator. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation nineteen eleven through 16 Satan is Satan because he lives outside the law. It is the law of justice that holds back chaos. There can be no chinks in the law of justice. When Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they transgressed the law of justice, which brought about the fall. And justice, to be whole, condemned them forever, or God would cease to be God. God can never be divided from himself. He cannot be both perfect and imperfect. He is either one or the other. Here's the second paradox. Satan became perdition because he willfully rebelled against God and fell outside the protection of the law of justice. He looked only to himself. He wanted to conquer God. As Isaiah said, he wanted to be like the Most High. In other words, he wanted to replace Christ. Remember what he said? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. 
by ascending into heaven, he meant the throne of God. By exalting his throne above the stars of God, he had to overthrow Christ. He was chosen of God. We were the stars of God, so obviously he wanted to be above us. But Christ was the bright and morning star, and the only way he could exalt his throne above the stars of God was to overthrow Christ himself. He wanted to ascend above the heights of the clouds. In other words, to the very seat of Christ. There was no turning back for Satan or the third part of the host of heaven who followed him in the war in heaven. He was outside the law of justice, and as a son of perdition, he was outside the law of mercy. And they failed to win the war in heaven. Therefore, they continued to fight their battle on earth. This may be a difficult principle to grasp, but Satan is not a sinner. Satan is a son of perdition. All sinners are subject to the law of mercy and may call upon Christ at any time and receive forgiveness for their sins. Satan can never be subject to the law of mercy. He is condemned forever by the law of justice and subject to the whole law of justice. That is what John the Revelator meant when he said, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelation 20.10 That condemnation is only reserved for the sons of perdition. All others, even the vilest sinners, will be released from torment after they have paid the full price of their sins. John the Revelator tells us, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Revelation twenty twelve through 13 Hell delivers up the dead, meaning those who are not the sons of perdition. A son of perdition is one who continues to deny Christ even after the Holy Ghost has revealed him. They willfully rebel against Christ, even with full knowledge of Christ. Those are the ones whose names are not written in the book of life. Those are the ones who suffer the second death. John continues, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation twenty fourteen through 15 Notice that death and hell have an end with the resurrection. The lake of fire, however, does not have an end because the law of justice does not have an end. The lake of fire is the second death. Who takes up permanent residence in the lake of fire? John the Revelator tells us. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night for ever and ever. Revelation 20, 9-10 Satan continues the war in heaven on earth. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, 
and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Revelation 12, 1-4 The great wonder in heaven is the church of Christ. The twelve stars are the twelve apostles. The travailing in birth and pain to be delivered is the young church trying to get started among a hostile nation. It is Satan and his angels who stood before the church which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. That, of course, has several meanings. Herod, possessed of the devil himself, had babies under two years old murdered after the three wise men told him of the birth of Christ. Also, Satan attempted to destroy Christ in the wilderness. In addition, the church suffered impossible persecution, first by the Jews and then by the Romans. All of that was driven by Satan. This is also where the story becomes extremely interesting, for it shows the tactics that Satan used in heaven to entice the sons and daughters of God to follow him. It also shows that he uses the exact same tactics on earth. John the Revelator continues, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. The man-child is Christ. The rod of iron is the word of God or the Holy Scriptures. And following Christ's crucifixion, he was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Satan and his angels were cast out into the earth, where Satan continues to try to establish his throne above the stars of God. For Satan, nothing has changed. And how is that battle fought? The same way it was fought in heaven, through the blood of the Lamb. That is the only weapon we have against Satan, for he is more powerful than we are. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Revelation 12, 5-11 Satan is in panic mode. A veil was drawn over our minds when we came to earth. There was no veil drawn over Satan's mind and the mind of his fallen angels because they didn't have the impediment of a mortal body and mortal brain. A spirit doesn't forget anything. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Revelation 12.12 12. If you look at the violence, at the hatred, and at the evil that exists today, you can see that Satan has increased his efforts. This is the last chance he has to destroy the saints of God before Christ comes again. Satan doesn't know when Christ will return any more than we do. Satan only knows what he can read in scriptures. But you can bet that Satan knows the scriptures. He studies Christ's playbook. Satan's success does not come by accident. He declared war against Christ, and he means to carry it out to the end. The problem is that Satan knows he will ultimately lose, so he wants to create as much destruction as he can and cause as much misery as he can. He knows that when Christ comes, he will be bound a thousand years. 
And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. Revelation 20, 1-3 Satan has dedicated his life to destroying the church of Christ. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Revelation twelve sixteen. All attempts to destroy the power of Christ are inspired by Satan. In our nation, those who are attacking Christianity are inspired by Satan. Those who remove prayer from schools are inspired by Satan. Those who remove In God We Trust from our coins are inspired by Satan. Those who remove all Christian symbols from government property are inspired by Satan. Those who condemn the teachings of Christ from the Bible are inspired by Satan. It is Satan who is the great conspirator. It was Christ who gave us the Ten Commandments or the Law of Liberty. It is Satan who is trying to remove the Ten Commandments from our courthouses, from our laws, and from our land. Every attempt to destroy Christianity in our nation is led by Satan. They just don't know it. Those who try to separate government and religion are playing into Satan's hand. They are following his playbook. They couch it in fancy words and deceitful phrases, calling good evil and evil good. But in the end, they're trying to destroy Christianity and remove it from our land. When they do, goodbye liberty. You cannot have liberty and trample on the law of liberty. Satan knows who his enemies are. His enemies are anyone who has a testimony of Christ. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have a testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation twelve thirteen through 17 May we all strive to keep the commandments of God, and continually strengthen our testimony of Jesus Christ. There alone does free will, freedom, agency, and liberty thrive. We honor our soldiers who go to war and risk their lives for us, and well we should. Christ said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. However, just as great are those patriots who also live the law of liberty, that is, those who strive to live the Ten Commandments, who uphold our Constitution and Bill of Rights, who teach their children to love God and to love their fellow man. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.